There are many things that sound like the truth, but are very far away from being the truth if you compare them to the fullness of the scriptures. We always need to remember that in order for a doctrine to be sound, it must align with the fullness of the scriptures and not just some parts here and there. And there are no contradictions within the word of God. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about false teachers. Now more than ever, we are constantly exposed to all kinds of teachings and beliefs that may sound like the truth, but are very far from being the truth. And what makes these distorted teachings and beliefs shared by these false teachers appealing and believable is that they use the word of God wrongly to support and foster the evil desires of the flesh. The devil ultimately uses similar tactics to tempt as in times past, but there is now a greater diversity of deceit that sounds like a very convenient truth. Today's message is inspired on 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 to 22. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, always for your mercy and for your grace. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you are loving and because you are merciful. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for forgiveness. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you please always, O Lord, remember us, O Lord, in your kindness. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your guidance. I pray for your enlightening. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we may have open hearts and minds to you. Blessed be your name forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's passage can be found in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 2, verses 12 to 22. This is the word of the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness at those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with the man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness 
and having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to wallowing in their mire. I believe that most of you are aware that we are well within the end times period. What used to be spoken of as something that would happen in the future has become a part of everyday life. And now it appears that we are speeding to the end. If you pay attention to how things are, it appears that nothing is getting better, but rather it's like a steady decline and it's happening worldwide. What can we say about morality? The real life stories get more bizarre and more abundant. Immorality is now more than ever supported by countries' legislation and are now considered rights. Many immoral and unnatural things are now supported as a justifiable and highly respectable way of life. In general, wrong is seen as right and right is seen as wrong. But the world is the world and we cannot expect for the world to uphold any kind of godly moral standard. The issue is that the world's moral standard has become the moral standard for many within our churches. And the decadence is proliferated in much of the universal church leadership. Aside from the moral decline, one of the main signs that we're living in the end times or the latter times, as it is referred to in the scriptures also, is all of the bad doctrines and sinful teachings that are circulating within our Christian community. First Timothy chapter four, verse one to two, it says this. Now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. There are many things that sound like the truth, but are very far away from being the truth if you compare them to the fullness of the scriptures. We always need to remember that in order for a doctrine to be sound, it must align with the fullness of the scriptures and not just some parts here and there. And there are no contradictions within the word of God. The devil and his demons are extremely talented in taking very small passages here and there and creating false doctrines and teachings from that like the way the devil tried to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ himself while here on earth. If we read Matthew chapter four, it tells us this. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. The devil tried to tempt the Lord to do something wrong by subtly picking apart Psalm 91. This is what the real passage says. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. When you compare both, you can tell the differences. But if you're not careful and you don't know the scriptures well enough, you could very much go along with the devil's temptation thinking that you are doing God's will when in fact you are doing the devil's bidding. The scriptures gives us ample warning on these ill-intentioned people and how they lurk into our church communities. In Jude chapter one, verse three to 19, it says this, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. 
for certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not to bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts in these things, they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. And so, what are the giveaways, if you will, that we need to pay attention to? Well, just like we just read, these apostates allure people with things that are enticing to the flesh. That's the very first alarm that should go off. Anything that is taught to support and are excused, the sinfulness of the flesh is wrong. We're not supposed to succumb to the pleasures of the flesh because the flesh is at odds with the spirit. In Galatians chapter five, it says this, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so anything that supports any of these works of the flesh are a warning sign that something contrary to the word of God is being preached. The one work of the flesh that is prevalent in deviant doctrine 
is selfish ambition. To look to satisfy or to fulfill your own goals and to try to use God to do your bidding. We are taught that faith will help you get what you desire and that God is there to fulfill the desires of your heart. Have you heard this verse, for instance, used time and time again? Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Many believers take this verse to mean that God is there to fulfill all your dreams and wishes. And they think that if maybe they sing a little to him or give offerings to him or do some nice things for the Lord, that they will get what they want if they pray and have enough faith. I have to say that this is exactly the way pagan people treated their pagan gods. And there is no way we can treat the one true God the way pagan gods are treated. This clearly goes against any and all direction provided by the word of God. It sounds nice, but it is not the truth. Let's read the passage in its context. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. There is a clear indication of good and evil in this passage and that we are supposed to trust in the Lord and do good. What does it mean to do good? The only good that can be done are good works. And good works are directly related to doing God's will. That's the good that needs to be done. There is no righteousness in fulfilling our sinful desires. And there's certainly no justice in throwing God some crumbs in hopes of him doing our bidding. We always need to remember that everything needs to be about him, about doing his will. That's the only way we get to heaven and live out the purpose for our existence. The moment you start listening to things that support your own way to live your life and start following, that is the moment you are stepping out of God's will and into Satan's path. It sounds rough, but it is the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ himself said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so imagine this. If a person that does things like preaching and casting out demons and doing miracles, all in the name of God, can still get it wrong because they are not being led by the Lord or doing things without the right intentions in their heart. How much worse will it be for those that all they do is live for themselves and to fulfill their own desires? There is no eternal life or eternal reward for people that choose to fulfill their own desires, even if there are things that are not necessarily wrong within themselves. And so any form of doctrine that supports this ideology is wrong. What else do they do to tempt people? They make the lie sound like the truth. Everything they preach and teach sounds like the truth. And how wouldn't it be? Because they even use what appears to be scripture to support their own preaching. There is one well-known preacher that is very talented at this. It's incredibly subtle what he does. 
And that's why thousands upon thousands of people follow him and they buy their books and they buy this, their, their audio and everything and have made him a multimillionaire. He uses the scriptures to substantiate his teaching and preaching. He will pick verses in the Bible to agree with the point he wants to get through. To the unsuspecting or newer believer, they would think that that is fine, but that is not the way things should work. This is exactly what Satan tried to do with the Lord, which is what we went over earlier. Satan was trying to get the Lord to do something, and he was utilizing bits and pieces of the scripture to get him to do it. What should happen is that all message and Bible teaching needs to originate from the scriptures and not the other way around. In other words, I would do wrongly if I sat down and thought to myself, I should preach about such and such topic and then quote verses that would support the point that I want to justify. That's backwards. Everything needs to be generated by the scriptures. That's what should happen. If you see how the Lord led this message, for instance, there is a key passage that always starts things off. The key passage generates the message because that is God's way of saying what needs to be discussed. And that's the way he is inspiring the message he wants to be shared. Every single message needs to be prompted through the direction of the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. Those of us that preach and teach God's Word should only explain as best as possible, as best as we are led to what the Scriptures say, and not to look to Scriptures to just support what we want to say. See the difference? Now, what is the other way they try to mislead? They try to use the things of God to deal with the temporary world. They apply scripture purely for the sake of dealing with temporary problems. Can scripture be used for everything? Of course, but the word of God should mainly be applied to deal with the eternal. Everything needs to be seen through the lens of what happens in the future, not just the here and now. They are more focused on the here and now, and that's a big problem. You see, God will guide you to make certain decisions that really don't make sense here and now because God is intrinsically more concerned about our eternity than about our well-being here and now. Does God care about our present situation? Yes, he does. But he will never jeopardize the eternal for the here and now. God is never short-sighted, so he will never guide focused on the here and now only. And this leads us to where everything needs to focus on. This should be our goal, our focus, the reason for why we do everything and what should dictate what we should listen to. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. We must always have our eyes set on Jesus and on his kingdom that is coming. And every single sound Bible teaching should have that as a goal, as the main theme. Everything should center around the person of Jesus Christ and around doing the Father's will. It can never be about what I want or about what I want to do or not do. We always need to remember that the path to eternal life is Jesus Christ, for it is written, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Here is the practical reason for why our focus, our priority needs to be on Christ. If you set your eyes on the world and the present, you will fail. Like we read before, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. If you walk in the spirit by having your eyes set on Christ, then you will do the Father's will. But if you fulfill the lust of the flesh, then you will do the works of the flesh and that only produces death and destruction. Our focus for our own good must always be on Christ. Even in our times of trouble, we need to have our eyes set on the Lord. If we recall the time when Peter walked on water, he was able to do so, but when he was fixed on the Lord. But the moment he took his eyes off the Lord and started looking at the wind and everything that was going on around him, he became afraid and started to sink. When our eyes are not on the Lord, we will sink, we will fail, and we will lose our course towards eternity. You see, the Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ, must always walk on faith. And the concept of faith is that you are not looking at the physical. You are not looking at the here and now. Faith is always looking forward, looking to what cannot be seen with our human eyes. For it is written, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And biblical or godly faith is never about acquiring physical things or about gaining what our flesh wants. This is another area where these false teachers and prophets concentrate on by misusing or misinterpreting faith. True faith is about looking to the Lord and doing what He says, even though we may not understand why nor understand the potential outcome. Faith has nothing to do with physical gain or with positive thinking or with attaining human goals or material things. Faith doesn't have anything to do with personal relationships. Following God in faith means that our focus, our goal, our whole life is centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. Does God worry about our present needs? Of course, but never at the expense of compromising our eternal future. Sound Bible teaching will always be centered on God's will and never on man's will or desires. God's will ultimately is all about eternal life and man's will is centered on the physical, on corruption, and that only produces death and perdition because that is based on sin. And so any teaching that is centered on the will of the Father will produce life. But anything that is centered or has as a goal man's desires and the temporary world will only perpetuate death, no matter how nice it sounds or how pleasing it may be to us at the moment. That's the bottom line. And that's why we need to stay away from false teachers and their demonic doctrines. We need to be very careful with what and who we listen to because that will ultimately dictate where we will spend eternity because that affects our actions. And our actions, our works, is what God will use to judge us by. Make no mistake, we will all stand before the Lord on Judgment Day. This too is also denied and or misinterpreted. Many teach that once you are a Christian, that you will not be subjected to any form of judgment. But that is not what the Bible teaches. 
Every single person will stand before the Lord and every single person will give an account for what they have done, especially after receiving the opportunity of eternal life through Jesus Christ. You see, when we give our lives over to the Lord, we are even more accountable for what we do because we know the truth. Because when we surrender our lives to the Lord, we are knowingly giving over our will to Him. And we are supposed to do what He tells us to do. But if a supposed believer looks to do their own will and seeks after God to fulfill their own desires, then how do you think God will judge them? For it is written, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. We are supposed to honor the father and reverence the Lord. And we do that by doing as he tells us to do. But if a person just looks to do what they want to do, then their faith is vain and their reward will only be eternal perdition. This is why we must be extremely careful with what we listen to because following the wrong path will cost us dearly. We see the clearest example of this whole concept in the life of Peter just before Jesus was arrested. In Matthew chapter 16, it says this, from that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. The moment a person looks at the things of men, they are getting completely off course and are following the way of Satan. And if a person persists in that manner of thinking, then they will only bring about eternal death and destruction to themselves. And God will reward each according to their works. And so stay away from people that preach any kind of teaching that may lead you to your eternal destruction. Your soul is too valuable to risk losing it over things that sound good and pleasing at the moment. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to be attentive, O Lord, to your word, to the promptings of your Holy Spirit. Help us, O Lord, to be mindful that there is much deceit. There are many lies that are spread about by people with ill intentions. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to understand and see things exactly for what they are. Help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to your will, to your truth, to your desire. Heavenly Father, that just as your Son taught us to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come. Heavenly Father, help us to have that goal in our hearts that your will be done, Lord God, and that your kingdom come, and that your name may be glorified above all things. 
Help us, O Lord, to always keep the perspective that you are Lord, that you are God, and that we are here to do as you tell us to do. Help us to understand that that is the purpose of our existence. There is no other reason. There is no other why. And help us to understand, Lord God, that it is in our best interest to do exactly as you tell us to do for our own good. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that is listening. I pray, O oh Lord, that you please give them a spirit of fear and reverence and respect for you, Lord God, that they might be able to be weary of listening to things that they should not listen to, that they might be able to see clearly through the lies and deceit that is out there, Lord God, and that they may truly hunger and thirst for your word, for your guidance, for your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.